Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. Broadcasting from Heatford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. We're getting dangerously close to the end of the year. You got your holiday parties. You're thinking about 2024. I know some emails, they're not saying it explicitly, but I, you know what I'm getting at. That sounds like a 2024 problem. But don't make saving money a 2025 problem. Get on it now. Head on over to copiers-plus.com. Get that print and document assessment and see how much money you can save. Thanks to our friends at copiers-plus.com. Nine o'clock basketball game last night. Joe, did you stay up for it? I saw what I needed to see. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's the oldest man thing you've ever said because I feel the same way. I've watched so much sports over time and for what we do sometimes you just need to watch what you need to watch to get a general sense of what we saw last night between the Tar Heels and the Yukon Huskies another one of those games that you go into and you go all right let's see what you got, what you got. And, and so far Carolina has shown us a lot mm-hmm. but last night you looked like uh-oh Yukon might be in a little bit different class like I think obviously Carolina's is a world above where they have been at any point in their First two seasons at this point yes. under Hubert Davis. Yes. I think they're they they've shown some urgency early this season, which is commendable. Now I I, but I, I watched just, the game. I, I think UConn is there's like another notch there. Yeah. And yeah. and not only that, a lot of times when you cover a team, you you know, you you're you're covering state, you care about state. You're following state, you're 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 trying to explain it from state side. Mm-hmm. Carolina, you're 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 following Carolina, you're trying to explain it from Carolina side. I think you almost on this one, you kind of have to look at the other side and go, oh, UConn was mad that, at the way that they played against Kansas, mm-hmm. and they saw this as an opportunity. In a building, by the way, where they were playing for the third time this year. Yeah. So that matters, too. Yeah. You know, but I thought UConn, this was really about UConn and their reaction to their to the Kansas loss, which they didn't play poorly in. They yeah. just... They lost to a really good team on the road. To to your point, when we talked about North Carolina and Tennessee or the North Carolina-Florida State game, that was from a lens of UNC. What are you about? Statement game for Tennessee, dropping 100 on them. And I'm... I'm, (laughs) You're going to hear this a lot this season if you haven't already. I think it's the unofficial motto for Tar Heel basketball 2023-2024. This is a game they would have lost last year, dot, dot, dot. Like Florida State's an example of that. I think... Even though North Carolina didn't win this game, there were moments in the game that you could easily say they would not have done that last year. This gives me optimism as they develop as the season goes on. Now, I watched the entirety of the game, although I missed like the first five to 10 minutes because I was wrapping up a level on Pikmin 4. Almost done with that game. I'm going to beat that game, darn it, before the end of the year. So I caught that game when it looked like UConn was starting to kind of come away with it. And there was a sequence. This is is pointing at North Carolina things, the things that you like. There was a sequence there where it was chippy. It was a chippy game throughout, which I love. I I want more of this kind of atmosphere in college basketball. Draws people in. And Armando Baycott took a technical foul. It was a weak technical foul, in my opinion. And Armando Baycott said the part that needed to be said to understand what that sequence was about. He said, I don't give a blank. As he was all fired up after a dunk. I forgot who he yammed on, but he said enough in front of an official for the official to, tech to, to give him a tee 
to kind of calm both sides down. But that was, to me, calculated. If I get the technical, I get the technical. I don't care. It was to send a message, let's freaking go. We might not have, we might be getting outsized right now. There was rebounding margin, margin issues for North Carolina, but we are not going to back down. And while they didn't completely, they didn't complete the task, UConn was still a little bit better towards the end of the half and coming out of the half. You saw where North Carolina was not backing down. I like that. I like the energy. There was not a lot of that last year for the Tar Heels. And again, to, to follow my own advice, we're not going to make this year's Tar Heel basketball squad about last year's basketball squad. Eventually, we'll graduate from that. So let's talk about some of those things where you're right. Last night really was about UConn. Cam Spencer is going to be the one that gets the attention. 23 points, some big threes. But Alex Caravan and Donovan Klingman exposed some issues for UNC last night. Rebound being a big one. I'm saying they're not the biggest team in the history of the world. They're not. And their, best, their best lineup is a smaller lineup. And when you leave yeah. Armando Baycott out there, if you're not filling it up, he's going to get banged around a little bit. You saw it with the defensive rebounding margin. I think UConn had 32 rebounds last night. Defensive rebounds where uh, North Carolina only had, I think, 23, 23 last night. And they missed free throws. Yeah. The way I look at this, we had questions coming into the year about Carolina. The moves that they made in the portal were to add shooters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Ingram was, as we've talked about, an important piece and an upgrade, certainly from, from Pete Nance. But, you know, um, Paxton Wojcik and Cormac Ryan were two guys specifically bought in to help elevate their outside shooting. And in this game, obviously Ryan was off over six from three. Wojcik only played seven minutes. I, you know, I don't know what's going on there. I do like that. We're seeing more of Seth Trimble. Who's not exactly considered a scorer, but I, I thought he should have played more last year. I'm, I'm happy with the way they're using him now. Jalen Withers is a guy from Louisville. who has got a lot of minutes. Um, you know, this was not a big bench game for Hubert. This seemed like him relying on, on, you know, five and six guys here. The question though, is like, do you have enough shooting? Oh, I don't I think, think you I know think, yet. I think you still have. You know, there's going to be games where guys struggle for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just interesting. You know, you mentioned Spencer, a Rutgers transfer, a guy who started his career at Loyola, Maryland. Well, I heard last. You know night. what I mean? Like these schools, and I, what I, what I mean by the shooting is now R.J. Davis is obviously driving the bus for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you looked at UConn last night and it's not the old formula. Was, oh my goodness. Like if so-and-so is not on and then the big, the big man's not on, then they're going to lose. They were, they were coming in waves. Like they just had more guys. They did. They just had more guys who could make shots and make plays. And that's where I'm looking at Carolina going. And you, and we've all seen those Carolina teams before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey man, if it, if it's not uh, Wayne Ellington tonight, it's Danny Green. <laughs> and, right. and if it ain't Danny Green tonight, it's Ty Lawson. You right, know what I mean? Like right, right. there was a there was a take turn mentality when you have that much depth, and that's what impressed me about UConn mm-hmm. last night. The numbers they have on the wing and at guard, and you know Elliot Cadeau is another question I have. I think I think he's actually playing I, fine. Does he have a scoring touch? I was going to say at some point though, you you can't be Bugsy Bogues. Like you sure. got to score. Sure. It can't just be. He had a couple. He had a couple drives to the basket. He didn't, again, he didn't score a lot. There were little flashes here and there. But yeah, right now his primary focus is not. It, to score. And again, I think his comp is Marcus Page. I'm with you. And remember, Marcus Page struggled that first year. So I'm not. I'm not down on him. I'm just saying they need to pull more out of him. Like in games like this, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, you know, fiddle around against some of these ACC opponents. Fine. 
you know, you start getting in, and we'll see this against Kentucky too. That'll be another great challenge. Again, I cannot compliment yeah. Carolina enough for their schedule this year. Yeah, it's uh that we will not see the Tar Heels play again until December 16th when they take on Kentucky. Uh, so they got a little bit of a break there. Are you 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 know what else is going on, right? No. It's net season, baby. Oh, before we get to the net. When you watched, you when, mean Brooklyn or no, 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 not Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> the net, the net. When you watch UConn play and you watch Dan Hurley on the sideline and the camera cuts over to him, does it give you anxiety? Um, no. Okay. It gives me anxiety. Well, you, you know, when I was growing up, his dad, I know was in New Jersey, the Dean Smith of, of basketball know. in New Jersey. Like he was, I know he was it. I know. I know. I know. It's like watching go all the way out to the court and like, him just losing his mind over like an innocuous, like, you know, where's the possession arrow pointing, right? It's like, dude, just the Hurleys are wired a certain way, man. (laughs) It ain't in me, man. CJ Leslie, (laughs) you and me, we ain't the same. Uh, Danny and Danny and, and Big Bob would say to you, you and yeah, me. No, we we are not the same. We are not the same. All right. Are you ready to start obsessing over net? Yeah, let me punch this Let's thing go. in. Because... We got BYU number one in the latest net rankings, wow. followed by Houston. The Big 12 just repping right now in the net. So let's scroll. Let's scroll. Hey, Princeton number 10 in the in the net. Scroll, 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 scroll. I see an AAC team at 19 and FAU. Shout out Boca Raton. And then your number one ACC net ranked team, the Clemson Tigers. Why does Dabo get everything, man? I followed by Virginia 23 BYU. I feel like NC state's going to regret that. Yeah. Yeah. You, are they, you, they probably are you calling regret it right it. now? Are you calling it right now? No, the reason that'll be out of the tournament is because of BYU. That's their Wisconsin. That's their, <sighs> that's their terrible Brad Davis and loss. Oh, that's going to hurt. Man. I just wonder inside the league, where do you kind of make up for it? Right. On that. Yeah. I mean, Carolina looks legit. I don't 37th in the rank. They're not dropped. sure what, Duke is I'm sure they'll figure some things out. Virginia Duke is, is a tournament team. Miami's a tournament team. I think look at, Ab, look at App State coming in at 47. I think Clemson's a tournament team. This NC year State, too. by the way, is at 51 right now in the rank. Yeah, their schedule right now is abysmal. So how do you want to handle that? You would just want to obsess over it every day? Or are we too is it too early to obsess over net every day? No, because <laughs> <laughs> well. We'll have to come up with some production for for True. a net bit. True. We'll get uh, Patrick we, Stevens involved. And, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know who else screams about net all the time? Your friend Josh Goodson. Does he come in yeah. here like the Kool Aid Man? Just bursts in the door. It's like we're talking about the net. Can you believe they did this? I think I don't know. There's not a, not the RPI. No, not the RPI. Not the Ken. The Palm. net. Not net. even. Poor man's Ken Palm, Bart Torvik. We're talking about the net. And yeah. Josh comes in, his big old bald head, red from golfing all day. Could you believe this? Like How did it. they go up? Did he stay went down? It's got potential. I, I think you're right. I mean, look, I'm just looking for sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. If he wants to wear one of his mortgage t-shirts, man, let's make it happen. Josh has the best um, RTP mortgage hats, <laughs> movement mortgage hats. <laughs> they got great swag. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I like the potential of this. I really really do. Housekeeping. Little bit of housekeeping. Please fill out the survey if you haven't already. 
go to OGTriangleMedia.com. Again, that's OGTrianglemedia.com. I think it's like 15 questions. And I did have one of our listeners point out in looking at number demographics. It's like, I think there was 25 to 35 and then 35 to 45 or 45 to like, there was some crossover. I think what I'm getting at here is, and as they pointed out, is it, do I feel like a young 35 or an old 35? How do you identify? I still identify as a young 35 year old, even though I am 44 years old. No, that is to basically, what are you on the side of? If you're 35 years old and you're on the side of, like, if you just turned 35, got it. But if you're on the other side of 35, where you are about to turn 36, you're in that other demographic, that's what we want you to do. So please fill that out. Now, um, we do appreciate some folks who've actually emailed, straight up emailed us with the survey as well, providing some other feedback. And that's the point. We want feedback so we have a better idea of how to tackle 2024. For instance, Joe, how do you feel about brackets and bourbon? I'm learning about bourbon. Okay. And brackets tend to break my heart. So I would need bourbon to No, but this is at the beginning. This is the beginning when you're super, super happy, when you're filling out your bracket. Oh, when I win my first four games? Yeah, when you're just locked in like, this is the perfect bracket. I love it. I can't lose. So here's what we're thinking. I'm thinking about going to our friends over at Graffiti on the Tuesday ahead of the NCAA tournament. I mean, right ahead of the first four. Uh, we can hook up with our guy, Che, the black bourbon guy. You can follow him. You can follow him on Instagram. Does great stuff. Uh, he does these private events. He does these bourbon flights. So how about we go to graffiti? It's a ticketed event. You buy in, you got to pay, you get a bourbon flight that's curated by Che. Mm. And then they yeah, holler at, and you're like in the corner, like the Godfather taking an audience as people trying to get some pro tips. I'll just be in the corner, like throwing axes at graffiti. Is that something that you think people would be interested in? Yes. All right. Well, so that's that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at. I'm interested in someone curating bourbon for me. Yes, because you know I don't know anything about it. And other yeah, than that's what Ken does. Yeah. helping me. Yeah, that's what Che does. He's really, really good at that. So again, go to OGTrianglemedia.com, fill out that survey. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going to do. Speaking of graffiti, as I mentioned, that's something that we could do there. Maybe you've got an event you want to hold at graffiti. They got axe throwing. They can handle that for you. And of course, on Tuesdays, they've got break-even night where you get a really awesome opportunity to try really nice bourbons at cost to graffiti. So one ounce pour might cost you three bucks on a really expensive bourbon. So go check that out over at graffiti. Big thanks to Hometown Realty as well. Check them out online, myhtr.com. Buy, sell. They got the mortgage calculator. More importantly, Joe, they have an in with new construction 60% 60% of their business? Yeah, I was going to tell you that uh, I've got some new information from Ooh, Hometown Realty okay. that, I, that I hadn't thought about. Okay. Because when you're getting into new construction, builders offer buyer incentives mm-hmm. and rate buy-downs. So there's a reason you want to try to get into that new homes and Hometown Realty can help you assist with your next move. So go to myhtr.com. My new favorite tagline, buy, sell, calculate. also check out Whitaker and hammer wh dot lawyer attorneys and counselors at law you might have a traffic violation oh man i gotta help you out with that early morning uh well maybe for me late late night for me early morning for other people i get a text from chung yeezy and he was like hey man i ran a stop sign i I, I need to get (laughs) I got, oh, no. I got popped for a ticket. Oh, no. I, I guess I'm going to wh.lawyer. <laughs> and I was like, 
Costanza. There it is. <laughs> so head, head, check them out. Head online to wh.lawyer. Again, that's wh.lawyer. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is Matt Brown. Extra Points is the newsletter. And when I need to know about the transfer portal in the world of swimming, and when I want to know about NCAA governance, there's one man that I think about, and that is you, Matt Brown. What's going on, man? I I, I love it. You know, I, I love being the person to call for eight extremely niche subjects. And this, this week has been my Christmas. All I need is like EA Sports to drop a trailer yeah. for the video game. And yeah. I got braces paid for my kids. Like I'm, I'm set. <laughs> I love it. Did you go full swim swam this week? Um, I never go full swim swam. I, I, you could say I, uh, I dipped my toes in the water. So. I see what you did there. I see yeah. what you did there. What we're referencing is a guest post about the transfer portal. We're obsessed with the transfer portal with football. Sure. We're obsessed yeah. with it in basketball locally with the ACC. But don't sleep on that swimming portal, man. No, it's a whirlpool. It's a it's a whirlpool. Listen, when when Speedo starts dropping them nil bags, like this, this is going to go pretty messy. <laughs> Speaking of nil, this is sure. why we brought you on, Charlie mm-hmm. Baker, the new NCAA uh, president. I, I, is this the smartest thing Charlie Baker can do? Like, let's just drop the pretense. Yeah. If you've got the money to run your own subdivision of athletics, then go ahead and do it. I think this is the beginning, the green lighting of what we've been talking about for what I feel like is a decade or more, a super conference of college football. Yeah. I, I, I think this is the best move that he could have possibly played. It's one that would have been a lot more impactful six or seven months ago, but Charlie's only able to do what his presidents and his ADs and his stakeholders will let him do. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as in, the way to look at this proposal is not, oh my God, FBS Plus is coming next month. It, this is Charlie's trying to shift the Overton window about how, what the definition of amateurism should be on the school side. And also trying to shift it with Congress and with people that keep suing the NCAA. This is a move to say we can't keep risking getting housed again and again. You know, for, for folks that are unaware, the House v. NCAA case about previous NIL award restrictions, that's a billion, two billion, four billion dollars of damages that wipes everybody out. This is a move to alleviate that. But it doesn't solve any of their major structural problems. It doesn't change anything about employment, which is what the courts are still looking for here. And you can't get up there in front of uh, and try with a straight face and say, if Kansas or North Carolina or Ohio State are going to bring NIL operations in-house and give people education trust funds and bring and start paying them directly for athletic performance, that's pay to play. And if you're going to do that, even if you say you're not an employee, if not this court, a future court will look at that and say that meets the employment test. It's it's stalling or hoping to buy time with Congress to, to protect you from what the courts will definitely do. All right. So just to be clear, the announcement yesterday, it would be for all sports, not yeah. just football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, and, rooted in Title IX, I'm assuming. That, that's that's exactly right. And I, honestly, I think in this market, it's worth pointing that out. Because one of the places where I believe you will see the most significant change in this world, the quickest, is with baseball and softball. It is a major frustration for ACC and SEC schools that they can't offer as many baseball and softball scholarships as they want or okay. offer as many paid staffing positions as they want because yeah. Longwood and 
North Dakota Central A&T and Penn State all decide we're too poor and we don't want to do that. And so I would imagine if we have an FBS plus world for, for multiple sports that Carolina and State and, and Duke will say, great, we're, we're offering 35 baseball stars. See, here's, <laughs> no. here's the thing, Matt. Here's the thing, man. Yeah. So I don't Doctors like, and lawyers, Matt. Doctors I, and lawyers. <laughs> I do not like the – I don't like the framing of Baker's proposal as it relates to the Power Four, since we yeah. now have to call it that because right. the Pac-12 is dead. Power Two. It's really a Power Two. I think it all ties back to what we saw with the college football playoff and the makeup of that four-team playoff are two SEC teams and yeah. two Big Ten teams. And Florida State was on the outside looking in because they weren't in a conference that people view as a viable football conference right now. And I think... The framing of acting as though the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, this power four, are going to break off is incorrect. I think it's going to fracture even more. And that FBS plus that you mentioned goes all the way back to something that Jillio and I have talked about. I know you've talked about this. It's a matter of the football schools that have the money to invest in playing football and can run what is going to be a salary cap free yeah, <laughs> there's no salary cap. That's the wild part. A salary cap free league. And you're going to have some hard conversations in the ACC. You're going to have some hard They're conversations not be hard. in the and in the Big Ten <laughs> about, hey, state, yeah, man, you, you can't pay. You can't you don't have the, the, the you don't have the entry fee. You don't. What's the uh, what's the poker term? The, the buy in. Yeah. Buy-in. You don't have yeah. the buy in for this. Wake Forest. You don't have the buy-in for this. There's only so many teams that have the buy-in for this, and that's where this is going. Not this idea of that the power four is going to break off. No, I, I actually do think there's there's a lot of truth to that. And and what, why I bring up baseball specifically is that like I think this leads to difficult conversations across a lot of sports. Right? Mm. This is a league that uh, you know for most of the institutions, everyone's a little bit different, but most of them have this idea of wanting to support a very broad based athletic department program, be competitive in a lot of places. And I, could I see a world where I say, okay, we're going to have some difficult conversations. The buy-in for football and men's women's basketball is going to be X. The buy-in for baseball where this league can compete for national championships is X. And Hey, we've been offering and supporting swimming or track or volleyball at this level. And that buy-in is changing and it's going lower. Um, or you, you can make that 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 decision institutionally. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a potential world here, and there are ways to do this and that still be in compliance with with Title IX. What one of the important parts of the proposal is this idea that rules about scholarships and about staff spending and those minimums go back to the schools mm-hmm. rather than something that that's universally set up here. So that, yeah, that could be a world where we I think we we talked about before with the transformation committee where Cal State Fullerton says we're going to go all in on baseball. And we're going to run a quasi division three athletic department and everything else, because that's the only place we have a chance to meaningfully compete with Clemson. And we can debate whether that's a good or a bad thing, but this is the a step towards that future. Matt Brown, extra points joining us here on the Easter automotive group hotline. All right. I, I saw this yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I was, I'm looking at this thing going, now, wait a second. The NCAA can't possibly after all of these years be adopting something that I've been proposing for <laughs> the last 20 years. Yeah like cutting in the players to the money that they help generate. Yeah. So my question to you, and I'm untrained on such things and, and you are the expert. What is the catch here? Because this seems awfully progressive by the NCAA and I, and I don't trust them as far as I can throw. Them. So it's a great question. And 
I think the, the catch is a lot of this motivation isn't because they had a change of heart and the ghost of Christmas past came in there and was chastising them. A big part of this is about control. Here's the thing that bothers so many schools right now about the current NIL portal system is that your general manager is not on the school's payroll. It's yeah. the guy that runs the collective. And maybe you have a good relationship with that person. Maybe that person's a white collar criminal or a complete idiot or has as motivations that are independent of what the school and the program actually want. If you're able to say, listen, we're going to cut a deal here with Learfield or JMI and we get to cut all the players a, a cut of the shoe deal and of the Coke deal and of putting their faces on billboards and we can bring some of that stuff in house, that's more unified governance. And so if we're, if we're the NCAA and if we're some of these power players here, if I'm Bubba and I have a chance here to, Hey, maybe this gets Chris Murphy off my back in Congress. And I get to kneecap some of these collective guys that I don't like. If I get to kneecap on three, if I get to kneecap Sunil, if I get to kneecap open doors and take that control back, that's worth 30 grand an athlete to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's part of the, the, the struggle here. The, the, I think where some fans get confused, and it's not just so much about the schools wanting to control the money, uh, especially at the power four level. They're, they're not stupid. And even somebody like Bubba, I think, has been on the record. He's told this to me. He said this, you know, you know, otherwise here, like, you know, he understands you got to you got to make some changes. It's about power and control. Let's say Cersei Lannister here. Yeah. 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 I, 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 even, I don't even think power. that's a sinister thing necessarily. <laughs> like, I don't think it's good governance to have um, uh, a couple of, 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 of collective guys, you know, laundering yeah. money through charities and pretending that's a tax benefit <laughs> sure. running your running your payroll department. Like, Listen, the NIL is a tax on the fans. That's all. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, it, I completely agree. And it does eliminate something for the coaches. It's a two, it's a double-edged sword for the coaches, right? Yeah. So I had to defend you uh, against NC State fans when you called out Dave Dorn after they beat North Carolina. Yeah. And he I, which, opened which up about, yeah. hey, Casey could up, yo, I need money. Right, like fans, give me a thousand dollars a piece. This is right? awesome, but no, 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 no. It's great, but you also like to, this. You need to pay you, for you it. You need to pay <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. And the reason why I defended you is like, well, clearly you guys aren't paying attention to Matt Brown or others who have pointed this out right down to Jim freaking Mora at UConn yeah. about, well, you know, we just don't have the money for the players. I think it was Mark Stoops was even saying, well, you know, George has got the best payroll out there, the best, best, best players money can buy. And that wasn't a knock at Georgia. It was basically an excuse from the coach to say, hey, look, man. It's a you whole want to new world. Yeah. After Texas a Yeah, man, that was a yeah. that was a saber rattle for his boosters, not a shot at Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. So it does eliminate the need for coaches to go out there and beg for money. However, <laughs> coaches understand this is going to eat into their salaries, right? right. Yeah, that, no, <laughs> honestly, they do, and and. You've seen this from Jim Harbaugh. You've seen this from uh, from from Franklin at Penn State. There's been a couple other coaches that have that you know have said, and I think if you talk to most head coaches in FBS and private, they'll agree with you. I would take a pay cut if I my life became this much easier mm -hmm. because I got into coaching because I want to talk ball, and the more that I have to now fundraise for you know, baloney stuff, or that I have to babysit 17 year olds and their uncles and their handlers for all these other things makes the NFL a little bit more attractive. I'm already rich. If I make 5 million and you'd make me make three and a half million. And now I get to control the, the groceries that I'm, that I'm buying here to make the dinner. 
that that's a, that's a trade worth having. The people that are, are I think are going to be the pushback the hardest are the associate AD class mm. and the Learfield class and the Altius class and this kind of secondary industry of a lot of really well compensated white collar people whose incomes are going to dip significantly with some of this stuff. This this industry either goes away or is handled in house. Well, that's now, a real the door ends of the world are going to be fine. Wait, are you saying middle management's going to suffer? Oh, oh man, that's too uh, bad. I, that's right. too allegedly. Bad. I mean, well, what I, is America without middle management? You know, I, you, but you're bringing up some great points here. And one of the things I was thinking about is we had a conversation with Mark Gottfried mm-hmm. about how there are no contracts and how maybe you do give uh, yeah. a David Leary 40 grand a month. And yeah. then all of a sudden he decides, I don't want, I want more. Yeah. Like so you're right. It's, it's, it's power. It's, yeah. is power. It's, it's, I, gotta, I, I now need to clip the Cersei Lannister and put it on the board. <laughs> Power. It's, it's terrible. Power. It's terrible governance, right? You would rather probably take less money if you had some security. And coaches yeah. like security too. They would like the idea of being able to go to the beach exactly. for one week in June. And not, well, not only that, Matt. Not only that. If you're saying right, Dave Norton makes five million dollars a year. If you're saying I could take a, a, a fifth of that, right, and put it into an NIL for money for the players, and it ensures that I will be coaching to my next contract and my next contract then it is absolutely worth giving up a fifth of your money in order to keep the job that you have. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you mention that. After I published that story, I had three different Division One basketball coaches whose identities I will protect here, but there were three of them that reached out to me and said, I would like to do this. And my mm-hmm. compliance department tells me I can't do it. And I would just, I, I called them up and said, I can't, I'm not recommending you to break any rules, <laughs> but if you wanted to do this, nobody would ever catch you. Right. Yeah. And, and oh, that's something you think I've about. had a conversation with a coach about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like the term money laundering, but <laughs> I mean, the government doesn't like that term either, but yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can dress it up any way you want, I guess. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I mean, like, that's not tax fraud. If you, if the coaches, I, I'm, I'm not going to get here and, and get on my website no. and be indignant about a coach trying to, to give right. some. Wait, no, didn't on. Mike Norvell actually do this when he gave money to what is now the new seminal booster thing arm? Oh that they redid when he gave a bunch, I think it was a half a million dollars. I'm pretty sure he did this. It's not uncommon for coaches to give money to the athletic department for right. facilities or for but other things they, or for signaling. Maybe. I think FSU brought in that. Cause remember FSU forever had structural issues. Mm-hmm. It was kind of part of their problem. Sure. Between the booster club, the athletic department, they had this weird relationship. I think they've put all of that under an umbrella. And last summer, I don't like myself for saying this, but Dave Doran <laughs> gave a bunch of money to the school. For, for special needs students. Sure. And I'm sitting here going, Mike Norvell's over here giving a half a million dollars for the collective and you're giving a million dollars, which is like totally altruistic and awesome. Mm-hmm. But look where Mike Norvell is in the team. <laughs> look right. Where team is. Right. The, the, yes. It's like myself as a unit it out, but it's the truth. This beat takes you to some dark places. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you start thinking about things that way, man, like I, I, I get it. Congratulations on your war chant membership. And, you know, I, I think you'll fit in great. <laughs> Talk about the Knowles. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll close on this. We, we've sat here and we've had a, a pretty fascinating conversation about what this could mean. But it, it has to go somewhere. What, what's the realistic chance of Charlie Baker's initial proposal to essentially green light this super conference or the FBS plus, as you mentioned? Well, what's the what's the viability of it? Um, I think as currently written, it's about zero. Okay. But that's true for almost every NCAA proposal. So like the unsexy answer here is what's going to happen is that this is going to launch a million white papers. 
these this will give the permission for many ADs that have been having these same conversations in private to now start having them in public. I know a little bit about what some of those proposals look like at the low major level. Um, there's not, I would be blown away if anything is like formally voted on at the convention next month. What this brings now is, is going to go into subcommittee hell, just like any kind of legislation that's proposed in Washington. Do I think the chances of something similar to this that would allow, uh, you know, wealthy schools to directly compensate athletes in some capacity? Yeah, I, I do think that that's possible. The big question to me isn't so much what the NCAA does. It's what the courts do, because the real people driving this bus, making decisions are the are, are federal judges. It's not anybody in college sports. I do have a question for you. And, and yeah. when I saw this yesterday because I, I saw someone from Boston College had written about basically Boston College should drop down and go back to the level where they're not having to try to compete with the Alabamas, Ohio States and Georgias of the world, which I yeah. totally and completely agree with. Would it, as it's constructed now, have you been able to discern if the class that gets left behind, that chooses to get left behind, would they still be able to compensate their athletes or does this go back to the old NCAA model of amateurism? There is no NIL. There is no revenue sharing. It's you're, You get a scholarship and that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to make some more phone calls about this. I okay. mean, the, the uh, NIL will exist at every level. Like that's mm-hmm. not something that the NCAA can, can really get rid of now. They can't put the toothpaste back and they the can't tube. put that they get completely okay. back in the tube. Uh, and, and you're still competing for the same championship, but by Boston college is, is I think a really good example. I guess we can kind of wrap it up here. I, I deeply believe to Joe, your earlier point, we shouldn't look at this as a uniform power five is going to or power four is going to do X, Y, and Z and everybody else is going to do something else. There are yeah. schools on the G five or, you know, mid major line, that I know are committed to paying whatever it takes to be on the other side. SMU. Right. SMU. I'm, I'm thinking like Grand Canyon. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. Liberty. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking Grand Canyon, yeah, they got money, man. Cal Baptist, right? There's there's a lot of these places. And then there are places like Boston College and BYU. Sure, Wake Forest that are gonna be like, even if they have the money. We have ideological questions and we have to decide. It's not an accident. The guys that Boston College has voted against, you know, cost of attendance and also mm-hmm. a lot of these other things here. I'm not saying that they're going to go play Williams and Amherst, but I am saying yeah. like, that's a, it's a real conversation. I think, but I think, but I think if you create another level, I would be ecstatic if I was ECU, App State, Boston College, whoever comes back down, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating that championship like any other. So if Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State want to go do something else, Awesome. Yes. They'll go do it. That And I think ultimately, this is a good thing for college athletics. The people who have the money to play at a certain level should be together with the other teams. And we can strip this ridiculousness of a conference and yeah. why Vanderbilt and Alabama are somehow yeah. like-minded in their missions. We are well beyond that point. And the ACC is a prime example of this. You have a group of schools that are well beyond where, as Matt, you mentioned, Boston College wants to be. Georgia Tech, we've had conversations with Steve Forbes about the struggles of Wake Forest and how you have to play the game. Josh Pastor is very open about the fact, like, what am I supposed to do at Georgia Tech when I'm talking to a guy and they want money from NIL? And I go, well, we have a negative budget. We don't have a budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, And so you're, you're not playing by the same no. rules, even within your conference. Right. So let's strip that crap out and let's put the like-minded schools together and Jillio. It'll happen. The IRA Chile O conference. That schools that all hate each other can be together. <laughs> the bad man. We love it. It'll be great. Matt Brown, extra points. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, Let's of course. Thanks, fellas. Okay. I appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm.
Big thanks to Matt Brown from Extra Points from hanging out with us. Are you on your... You never left your Game of Thrones thing, even though that show ended in the worst way possible. House of the Dragon is redeeming that property. And I just saw the teaser for season two. It looks literally fire. I'm excited about it, but... No, I mean, there's just times where you know the things you know, that they say are applicable. But you know what happened to Cersei, right? I do, but <laughs> she was the queen <laughs> by no doing of her own. Well, then again, I say that knowing full damn well that it happened to uh, everybody in Game of Thrones. Everybody got got. Here's your scene from Game of Thrones. You don't have to give me the whole scene. Oh, no, here's Lord Baelish. Lord there's Baelish. No, there's no nudity in this, right? Your Grace. Because it is Game I of Thrones. I wonder if I might ask know. you for a favor. Like the brother and sister aren't getting on right now, right? Ned Stark's youngest daughter, Arya. We can't seem to locate her. If she's escaped the capital, okay, Winterfell. Hold on, hold on. Let's get to the clip. Prominent families often forget a simple truth. I found. And which truth is that? Knowledge is power. Seize him. Cut his throat. Stop. Wait. I've changed my mind. Let him go. Step back three paces. Turn around. Close your eyes. Power is power. Hot bars. And the music. Hot bars. Still got Cersei. Cersei. But you know what ended up happening? Yeah. Tell Cersei. It was me. It was me. Yeah. When we were talking to Matt Brown, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw that he had a lot of these pennants behind Mm -hmm. him. A lot of those pennants come from Homefield. Check out homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. The time is now to get your holiday shopping done. Get on it. Get on six. Did you put your CW polo up there? I did. Is it like in the rotation now? Well, yeah, you know, there are days where I record. Yeah. And I don't like to wear the same (laughs) shirt in this two different podcasts. I want to create the illusion that they were done on different day. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. If I were to do that, I would just have like a deep V-neck undershirt that nobody wants to see. Well, maybe not. There's a place on the internet for everything, Joe. I told you, you that one is. time. Maybe maybe that is an OGTriangleMedia.com <laughs> question. <laughs> do you want Tank Top Tuesdays with me and Joe? No. no. <laughs> I'm still get... trying to recover from the Whalers Tank Top from oh, the playoffs. Dude, I, will, I will bring that bad boy back in. Let's go. Tank Top Tuesdays. Yes or no? Is that something you are interested in? <laughs> so head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23. Speaking of saving money, it's one thing to save 15% on a cool t-shirt, bomber jacket, etc. Let's save some money on insurance. Head on over to insuregarner.com, theoginsurance.com. Matt Davis over at State Farm. Or call him directly. He is here. He is local. 919-779-8277. Who doesn't like saving money? Do what Troy did. Save 40%. My gosh. What are you leaving on the table? What do you have to lose? Give him a call. Find out. 919-779-8277. Big thanks to Matt. The Panthers have dropped off so badly. Nobody's talking about them. I mean, this is an open job. And a guy with a ton of money and even Jim Harbaugh, 
but I feel like people are just kind of going through the motions with the Panthers job right now. There is just no juice when it comes to the Panthers whatsoever. Weird time. It kind of is for it. It kind of is. Plus it's the NFL. So there's no like signing day. There's no urgency to fill the role really at any point. But you would think so Wednesdays typically and um, Kevin Clark, who used to be at the ringer. Now he's at ESPN. He had a brilliantly named podcast at the ringer called slow news day. And it would come out on Wednesdays. Levitard would do this bit too, where they would go through like the Wednesday NFL headlines because you're really scraping. Yeah, because right? anybody could podcast on a Monday. Anybody. Tuesday is a little Tuesday, bit of a go. Wednesday. But Wednesday is the Challenge. worst. Wednesday is clearly the worst. So that was your typical slow news day. Because Monday, you got your reactions to Sunday. Tuesday's power ranking Tuesday. Wednesday, <laughs> what the hell are you doing, right? So you start getting into the weeds for some I was stuff. Say usually injury reports or whatever. Yeah. So you think you would think the Panthers would be one of those topics where like, oh, okay, you know what am I hearing on the Panthers job? Right. I saw something. Our friend Julian Council over at Locked On Panthers had a post about uh, or had a show about Jim Harbaugh and just what the reality of that, of that is. Mike K over the Charlotte Observer also wrote, okay, Harbaugh's name keeps coming up. I know that's who you would want the Panthers to go after. No. No, that's not who I want. That's what you. Oh, I misunderstood. I'm saying. I am saying. Do it. If you're Tepper, you have a phase where you succumb to. I have to get out of the way, and it has to be a big name. For Jerry Jones, that big name was Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. For Dan Snyder, that big name was Joe Gibbs. So Tepper will have that phase. It would make sense this time for that phase to happen now, and for it to be Harbaugh, the 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 shaky bird, but the nervous bird, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So officiating has come back to light this week. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Weird, huh? Wild. So the context the, to set the table on the officiating conversation in the NFL, we had a Sunday night game between the chiefs and the Packers. Oh my goodness. Travis Kelsey lost the game with Taylor Swift in attendance. <gasps> she went to green Bay. Yeah. She went to green Bay. Dude, they are in love. And I'm, I'm calling the singularity, man. The content singularity will occur at the Super Bowl. I'm very excited about this. But back to the task at hand, the topic at hand. At the end of that game, there were two officiating blunders that set people off. There was a ridiculous flag on a hit on Patrick Mahomes as he was exiting the sideline. He was not out of bounds yet. Put hands on and they threw the flag, right? It shouldn't have been the case. And then there was a non-pass interference. Like they basically held the flag on a pass. Well, it was pretty obvious pass interference on Pac Pro, kind of sort of market Val, Valdez Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling. So I, I'm pretty sure because it's been a couple of days. I think that was the sequence that set everybody off. And of course, it set forth yet another level of conversation about officiating. Enter Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, who essentially said, Look, man. We've looked at this and everybody's comfortable with officials getting things wrong. They're human. Never mind. They can probably put systems in place to get the calls correct. Hello, Sky Judge. But Jerry Jones, paraphrasing on his appearance on 103.5 The Fan, is like, hey, man, if the owners have all agreed to be cool with these calls going wrong, then you should be cool with it, too. There's two problems here with that. The first one's in your wheelhouse. As the NFL continues to embrace gambling the way that they do, you cannot just be in the, "Eh, it's good enough when some serious money is on the line for your fans. 
like it it will move things, man. Mm-hmm. It moves things on yeah, that. We, we talked about this last year when the Chiefs were were given an assist into the Super Bowl. Yeah, in the AFC Championship game. Okay, you don't. Are you? Is we that don't so, need to relitigate. Is, is, is that is that a, did, is that a did, these, did these calls aid the Chiefs? Uh yeah. I mean the the Patrick Mahomes one did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean the pass interference one didn't. Okay. I guess they canceled each other out. You know how I feel about all of this. I would prefer they went back to the pandemic rules where they, they threw a flag when someone was like sure. maimed and murdered. Sure. And, or there was a procedural penalty. But I th- I There's do plenty think, of those in the game, by the way. But I do think that this is actually speaking to a larger thing that I don't think people I don't, don't want to admit or they don't see it for what it is. Officiating is content. All right. You don't get to be the top sports league the way the NFL does without finding ways to milk every bit of conversation you can out of the news cycle. They've done it with the draft. They do it with free agency. They even do it with quarterbacks who are out for the season and make weekly appearances on ESPN with Pat McAfee. So officiating is a feature, not a bug. Bad officiating actually leads to conversations. When, and there's no such thing as perfect officiating either. No, you're never going to get perfect officiating, but I actually think the NFL is perfectly comfortable with officials screwing up because it gives you stuff to obsessively talk about going forward. I mean, we've had, you know, like, remember the, uh, how long did we go with the uh, the Saints and Eagles with um, with the pass interference oh. that wasn't or whatever it was? Oh, the Rams. And oh, the the, sorry, the Rams and the Saints. Yeah, they actually tried to change the rules the next year. And then they, st- they didn't even and they call they still it. couldn't figure well, it no, out. No, no, no. Something didn't call it. They basically said, shut up. And then they stopped calling it. Like, they didn't even look at it. Right. Um, it was almost like a, in protest for the, for the Saints, if I remember correctly. But we spent, like, weeks talking about that. So if you think that talking about quarterbacks is the most base level of NFL conversation, is he elite? Is he a top five guy? Is Brock Purdy the MVP? Even though it's Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> is Dak Prescott truly the MVP? Even they, even though they played a bunch of tomato cans, like that's the most base level. Right underneath the quarterback talk in NFL news cycles is officiating discussions, and I think the NFL and I think Jerry Jones is saying the quiet part out loud. We're cool with it because, hey man, it means eyeballs. People are complaining about officiating, and if they're complaining about the product, then that means they're talking about us. So this is something to consider, and I don't see it changing anytime soon because the obvious answer is there. You could the technology is available for you in officiating to get the things right. They don't even put the guys on full time status, man. Right. So that tells you right off the bat they're comfortable with it. And it actually does get to as one of our listeners pointed out to me is this is this your classic case of good enough? Yeah, it's it is the disease of good enough. The NFL is making money hand over fist. Why would they invest in officiating? It hasn't affected the viewership. I mean, I, think they, I mean, they have invested in officiating. They just. They don't want to go full technology on this thing, which is what they really need to do. I would love to see college football do it as well. Speaking of rules, I don't know if I like this or not, but Tom Brady Uh-oh. is leaning into Uh-oh. like it's not. Like no, here's the thing about, okay. So hear me out here before I set this up, you know, one of the things the NBA has a problem with is being a first mover on trends. And then the NFL comes in and takes those trends, right? Like the NBA was actually the first mover on the free agency obsessions, you know, players taking their own agency, where are they going to go? All that kind of stuff. You know, how they're discussed online. The NBA was really ahead of the curve with a lot of that stuff. They're really liberal with their social media policies in terms of clips and everything else. Right. 
But the NBA is really, really good with stupid conversations. When you got the yes. NBA old heads that come in and say, well, you know, if back I played in my back day. in my day, if you put Michael Jordan on the court today, he's dropping 40 on LeBron. With the rules, right? LeBron, there's no way LeBron James, even though he's like a physical specimen that can play one through five in his peak Miami days, as though he couldn't be dropped in the 90s and take on the Bulls. Okay, buddy. They love doing that stuff. There's any number of NBA podcasts where the old heads get together and just talk about, man, when we played, it was literally a fight every day. Tom Brady's leaning into this because on the Manning cast, they had Chad Ochocinco on. Now, here's what Chad Ochocinco had to say. I think you should implement next year when they have the Pro Bowl. They should have the Pro Bowlers, the current versus the past. What do you <laughs> I think? I like that. I like that. The throw, the, uh, the okay. So not a not not a true old timers game. The, the the no, but the old time all stars play the young all stars. I like it. Bingo. Who's your quarterback? Who's your quarterback? Like Brady. I mean, it would, no, you 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 could be my quarterback. Carson. Uh, you Carson. I mean, you can't throw. You can't throw anymore. <laughs> I mean, I gotta... so that's, thank you, thank you, Eli. Eli on the pack. Uh, basically, so hey man. He he won a Super Bowl as a pass. He had one good drive against the Panthers. One. One good drive against the Panthers in Super Bowl 50, and the rest of it was the defense. Pin Manning doesn't have the neck to throw anymore. <laughs> so Chad Ochoa goes like, yeah, man, I want you out there. No, you don't. <laughs> so here comes Tom Brady. With, again, classic. I've seen this before. He's clearly taking a cue from the NBA old heads. With today's rules, he tweeted this out. With today's rules, give me Chad and Randy Moss on the outside, and we're putting up 35 next week. Tom. With today's rules, Tom, you're the reason today's rules exist. He's, yeah, his his heel turn is is odd. It's really weird. It's so, and I'm I'm trying to see what. So he's, what's his deal? Is he is he just not doing the Fox stuff? I don't know what he's doing. I think he, I think the Fox stuff doesn't start until next year. I really don't. I've I don't seen know. all kinds of ads with Greg Olson lately too. Greg's great. No, he is. Greg is fantastic, man. But absolutely fantastic. Them's the breaks. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But here's the thing. I don't <laughs> maybe think Tom, Fox is saying, "Hey, maybe we don't. Maybe we want Tom to be something else. Maybe they do because right now Tom is acting as though he's. I don't. You know, <sighs> He's like, he's like, he's Charles Oakley going on first take to talk about like back in my day or whatever. Scotty Pippen doing it in another interview. Yeah. He's talking about, oh, well, you know, in the, in the, in, when we played XYZ. Yes. Yes. I, we could put up 35. No, you can't. Randy Moss and Chad Ochocinco versus today's modern NFL. No, you can't. Please, Tom. Go, it's like Tom hasn't figured out how lucky he is in terms of injury. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, think yeah, about that. No, I like I don't does, like Tom. I don't think it registers with Tom how incredibly fortunate it was for him that he has not found once. himself in yeah. the in the situation that Aaron Rodgers potentially finds himself in, or what Drew Brees would, or the guy he's shouting out, "Hey, Peyton, come to the bunker." Well, Peyton's got to wait for an HGH shipment for his family first, and then his wife. I think it was for his wife, right? According to the Al Jazeera report. So before he does that, then he can go to the bunker and then do what with his surgically repaired fused neck. No, man, I don't want to see. It's just, it's just wild to me. It's wild to me. Now, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, before we get to Aaron Rodgers, big shout outs to Wings Over. Head on over to Wings Over Raleigh, mm-hmm. Chapel Hill, Greenville, downtown Raleigh, 
Parking off Hills Road Street. That's clutch. Online ordering, super simple, super awesome. So go check them out. Wings over. When we talk about football, Sweet we talk chili. about college football. Hot, hot lemon pepper. It's all there. I want to. I want to commend. I come here not to dunk on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I come here to to commend him. This was one you called. Oh, dude, I've been calling this for a while now. But this one in particular is the one that I was like, no, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, there's no media anymore. Like, he's used to all of this. No, like, surely man. he understands. No, man. There's no difference between playing in Green Bay and New York in 2023. Oh, there's a difference. Oh, there's a difference. That was my attitude at the beginning of the year. Like, ah, he'll be fine. I am now convinced more than ever that Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers are running an elaborate scam on ESPN. Okay. I am more convinced than ever that the grifters. reason he's a grifter. Yeah. They're both grifters. Yeah. And and I and I I say this to Pat. It McAfee. doesn't help McAfee that he's doing the wrestling thing too. Here's yeah. it's all a work. Yeah, it's yeah. all kayfabe. It is. It's, it's a, all a work. It's, it's let's let's a let's, shoot. Let's, a worked shoot. Let's put all the pieces together. Okay. And I and I'm not saying this as a knock to Pat McAfee. No. McAfee saw an inefficiency in the media market and he absolutely has taken it to the bank and he's taken advantage of desperate Disney executives who are grasping at straws trying to connect with an audience, a younger audience. He had, was getting so much money from DraftKings though. Mm -hmm. But ESPN, you're saying it was even more. It was ESPN is going to throw even more money at him because again they're trying to tap into an audience that Boy, never would have watched. That's a long game. That's a long. That's a long play. Some people play that that's long game. That's Tim Tim Beck getting you uh, as the Coastal Carolina quarterback. Like go, that's, go look at go look at McAfee's career trajectory. He's never lasted at a place longer than two years for the most part. He always burns out where he's at and he moves on to the next thing because the audience is going to come with him because they love the fact yeah, yeah. that he's working this shoot. It's wrestling. And he dupes executives every time into thinking it's real. No, no, no. It's all an act. And Aaron Rodgers is all an act, too. So, I, I again, I'm being absolutely well, sincere when I say this. Aaron Rodgers is now aggrieved that there's leaks coming from the Jets locker room oh, as hold, if that hold, never hold, happens. Hold, 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 hold. Yeah. Hold on. I was hold on. giving you the context. Yes. there's The context was that he finally showed up in New York at the ESPN Seaport Studios. Because I guess McAfee's doing some New York whatever. Okay. And it was their, their first in-person interview. Both McAfee and Aaron Rodgers were hanging out at the same time in the same place rather than, you know. Oh, on the, on the yeah, screen, yeah, yeah. right? Through StreamYard or whatever it is they use. I'm, I'm guessing they have more money and they can use some other stuff, right? And I, I'm repeating myself here because I want to be absolutely sincere when I tell you that I'm not bringing this stuff up as a knock. I'm not hating I'm actually in awe. I am in awe of the hustle that yeah. these two have performed. I'm really impressed because McAfee's grift in combination with Aaron Rodgers' grift has a stranglehold on ESPN and NFL media. And it's like, salute, man. <laughs> you broke the code. Right. So, so Rodgers goes on ESPN and he starts talking about how, yeah, you know, we live in a in an era where people are, you know, you know, they're cancel culture and we're and we're quieting people's speech. You're literally in ESPN studios, my dude. Salute. They're dropping little vax jokes that, you know, somewhere an ESPN -er or a former ESPN or -er like Joel Anderson at Slate will write about going, see, oh, so I can't talk about this, but you can go on ESPN and talk about this stuff. Salute. Man. Also, who's paying your checks right now? ESPN. No, no, no. 
Johnson and Johnson. Salute. Yes, you're right. One of the biggest companies in the medical world. <laughs> Salute to you. I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. And then, Coaster. and then the, 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 the piece de resistance. To what you brought up, he started talking about the leaks in New York. And, you know, how do you assassinate a man's character? You know, this stuff is, dude, you're on chicken, e- chicken shit is what right. I called it. You're on ESPN shitting on your own team on ESPN. And you want to talk about leaks, buddy? You are the leak. You are the leak. You are the source. You're literally on this show making it worse for the organization. You went to a team that is historically dysfunctional in a town that thrives on dysfunction. And I'm more convinced than ever that he chose the Jets because he knew in order to get the attention, I can poison the water with even more with the Jets. I didn't think the Jets could get more dysfunctional. And they brought the great disruptor into their house only to decimate them more. Like, I am impressed. And if you don't think Aaron Rodgers isn't one of the sources, I want you to go back and read the stories where it's out there that Aaron Rodgers has been mentoring Zach Wilson and told Zach Wilson, hey, man, I understand where you're coming from, but you got to get back out there. Aaron wants that out there. So, you know, we, we got to get to the source of this leaks. It's, it's, the, it's the hot dog meme. <laughs> We're trying to find the guy who did this. Yeah, man, it's you. And again, I'm not saying this to knock Aaron Rodgers. I am here to salute Aaron Rodgers because my man has pulled off one of the greatest scams of all time on the worldwide leader. Now, the worldwide leader set conditions for this to happen because they're so desperate for content. But whoo, goodness gracious. And then that's not even the best part. Do you know what Aaron Rodgers had the audacity to do? He talked about a Christmas miracle, Joe. Oh, how he would have been back. Here he is with Pat McAfee talking about the lead up and what he had in his mind. You thought about that? Yeah, I mean, it's the most disappointing thing about the whole whole, uh, rehab process was that there was... (laughs) You know, the 24th was uh, was literally on my mind. I, I felt like that was, uh, you know, post what 16 weeks, uh, sorry, 14 weeks. Today's tomorrow's 12 weeks, so two more weeks. Yeah, it'd be like 14 and a half weeks. I felt like that was reasonable based on my progress. And, um, you know, what I did last week in a small circle uh, felt great. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to try and get out there tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, the twenty uh, fourth was always uh, what I was focused on. But it was going to be a Christmas miracle, in New York man. The headlines were going to write themselves "Miracle on what's the street that uh, MetLife Stadium is on." I have no idea. Miracle it's on New Jersey or New Jersey or whatever it is. Miracle in the Root, Meadowlands. You know, there it is. Root miracle three. Christmas miracle in the Meadowlands. Like, like, oh my goodness, so good, man. It could have been Christmas, but you know. The Jets, you know, they're just, they're, they're, it's a 1% probability. It's, it's just a 1% probability, man. You know, it is what it is. And throughout the entire interview, like when he talked about, because McAfee brought up the fact that people think you're faking this Achilles tear, oh. where it was not as bad as you think it is. Like he's really mad at Dan Levitard for bringing this up. Or, you know, Levitard has the actual juice to get that story out there. I've been saying it from the jump. I'm like, <laughs> are we sure he was hurt that badly? If, if this is the case, 
Anyway, so he's like, well, yeah, you know, again, he's saying it with that trolley smirk. Oh, well, you know, it's just great that, that people have now freed their minds. They've opened their minds to question reality and all this other stuff. Like, damn it, man, you are so good at this. He should be the next commissioner of the ACC. He really should. <laughs> he's out there. He's my, visible. He's super visible. He and he, put, like mind trick you into something. Oh my gosh, it's Florida so State good, man. Is the droid. <laughs> <laughs> SMU is the droid you're looking for. Oh man. So anyway, uh, props, man, props to 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 Pat McAfee and to Aaron Rodgers. You did it, man. You did it. Like this is performance art on a level that I have not seen in sports in a long time. I've seen it in entertainment. I've seen, you know, like when people have decided to completely change their look, never, never forget Chris Gaines. Remember Chris Gaines? When Garth, Garth Brooks decided Brooks. I'm going to be a rocker or all the various provocative changes of Madonna, right? I'm going to do the blonde ambition thing. I'm going to do this. All the iterations of Taylor Swift for Wait, heaven's sake. Are you going to watch the, the weird Al Yankovic thing? Which one? There's I know a, there's a movie that came out. Yeah. From the guy from Harry Potter. Is, yeah. Is Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Was Weird Al Yankovic really with Madonna at some point? No, 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 no. It was all, it's Weird Al's parody of a biopic. Okay. So it's a Weird Al scripted thing where he's making fun of like he would any other music. Okay. On a, he was not with Madonna. Although I, I wouldn't I, put it, I, I mean, but I wouldn't put it past him. Just making sure. Salute to the king, Weird Al. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. I am in awe of this. Absolutely in awe. If you want to be in awe of some things, oh, folks, do we have a deal for you? Do you want to wow some guests? Leave them in awe of your cooking prowess? Piece of cake. Just go to the butcher's market, get a prepared meal, put it in the oven, and then bring it out like you made it, and they'll never know. It's our little secret. But let's say you actually do want to cook. They got all that stuff there too. Check out Butcher's Market um, in locations all across the Triangle in Wilmington and brand new location, Lake Boone Shopping Plaza in Raleigh. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the new home base at Lake Boone. Um, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. They're opening up on Friday. Mm-hmm. I will be there. Okay. We we might this whole like Thursday's live thing, it might be at the Butcher's Market. <laughs> You want to do it from the meat locker? Not really sure why you're laughing right now. No, that's fine. We could do it from the we could do it from the butcher's market. But yeah, you, I, I'm a I'm a prime rib yeah. Christmas guy. Yeah, but you can also get those bone in rib roasts. I mean, come on, man, it's good stuff. You want to be the hero of your Christmas? Whew. Good stuff. Big thanks to Breeze Through as well. Check them out all across the triangle, across North Carolina as well. You got the PNC location. You got the Cary location. You got the Chapel Hill location. Breeze throughs throughout. And while you're running around doing errands, you got to stay caffeinated. Really great coffee. Do not sleep on the coffee. Yes, there's gas station beers, but gas station coffee can hit different too. And they got really, really great blends at Breeze Through. And of course, thanks to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Check them out, bugsbite.com. Yes, you're not thinking about mosquitoes now, but get ahead of it. And more importantly, make sure you take care of some winter issues as well to keep the critters out, man. Termites too. Termites can be a problem. Yeah, I didn't even know, man, that you can get a treatment to prevent. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I like to gamble, but I'm not gambling on termites. No, no sir. Absolutely not. So absolutely go not. to bugsbite.com, punch in that zip code, save yourself some money. All of the different options that they have, the, the moisture barrier is also a game changer. 
underneath your house. You might not even realize mold and mis- mold and mildew issues are a brew. So get, hit them up, bugspike.com. So I've heard that y'all like behind-the-scenes stuff on this podcast. So let's give you a little behind-the-scenes. We talked to Ross Martin, formerly inside Carolina, up in pure Michigan, the land of Trip Tracy. And after we talked to Ross ahead of the State Carolina game, what did we hear, Joe? We had two people in person say, you need to talk to Ross more Yeah, as a Carolina fan. And then we had like a bunch of comments, even more comments, maybe like three or four that were like, yes, you need to talk to Ross more. So is this because, is it like, is this like Tar Heel representation? Is this talk to a Tar Heel, Ross? Is that what, is that what's going on here? I think I provide a unique perspective having covered the team and been in Chapel Hill for eight years, you know, in the weeds with football and basketball. And then I think people appreciate the honesty. Uh, I I mean, obviously went to UNC, kind of grew up in North Carolina, covered UNC, but I think I am am pretty objective and provide a a unique perspective. And then, and then, you know, ACC country, Duke, NC state, Carolina, I understand the whole deal, just like y'all do. Um, so well, yeah, let's, there you go. Let's, just put it, let's just put it out there. Wasn't there a UNC football coach who's like Ross Martin? What does he know? You got you got the people in the football office noticing. I know that. <laughs> Come on, Ross. Yeah, I mean, was I think helpful? football. <clears throat> we don't have to say I, who I, the I coach heard. was. We don't have to say who it was. Just that yeah. people in the office are paying attention, Ross. I think when you cover UNC football, there's not that many people that cover it like we do. And so you do it for eight years. And you start to know people yeah. and then. I mean, there's only so many people that cover the team. And so I'm one of, you know, four or five people. And then I guess I'm pretty vocal on Twitter. I think Twitter is, you know how it is. Twitter is, it's not real life, but it is a visible medium. It's not, not everybody's on it, but when you're right. on it, you feel, people feel like, right. feel like a lot of people are seeing it, but I don't think that's, it's not realistic, but I think that's kind of how it happens. No, Ross is, Ross is absolutely right about Twitter not being real life. All right, so take me take me through the process for Mac Brown. He's not going to retire. Uh, and if he was going to retire and put North Carolina in a position to hire their next coach, that would have been announced by now. I think it'd be kind of weird if he did it after the initial signing period, which of course sets you up for the February signing period. So I would imagine that there's some coaching changes that are going to come through. But it's been it's been oddly quiet in Chapel Hill regarding football after what had been, I mean, I don't think I'm talking out of turn here to say ultimately a unfulfilling season for the Tar Heels. Yeah, I would say it was a disappointing season and I'm pulling up the transfer portal here. I mean, that's just another element of this thing. UNC's had what 12 people in her right now. No one that's really made much of a contribution outside of like a, you know, a senior who's trying to get an extra year to play somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody's played a little bit in town Holloway, but it's just weird. Yeah, it's, it's been very quiet. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're going to fire Mac or, or Max and retire, which I think this points a lot of fans, but I don't know if he's going to make changes or not. I mean, you would think you make the move. The first move is right after the season before, you know, three weeks before the December signing day, which is, I think, pretty close to Christmas, like the 20th. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the third Wednesday. And there's after the bowl game. So you got bowl game prep. So you don't want to fire, you know, a coach that's preparing for the bowl game. And then you have after the February signing period, the old school OG signing period, the first Wednesday in, in February. So I don't know. I, I think defensive changes have to happen just to appease donors, to appease the, the big money guys. Um, I think the Gene Chizik experiment 
it kind of is what it is now. I mean, you have the players haven't been able to make much moves defensively. So I think there's going to be, I mean, there has to be changes. I think people will be furious if there's not a couple changes, at least two or three defensive side of the ball, um, which makes it intriguing. When does it happen and, and who does it happen to? And then where do they go from there? Uh, it's a weird time, I think, for UNC football, as we've discussed. Is Max Johnson the replacement at quarterback or is he a uh, Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik backup option if if the star doesn't come through the portal? Yeah. I think they need more competition at the quarterback room um, for who they have in there. And they lost they lost another backup. You know, a guy didn't play at all. Obviously going to lose Drake. So you need more numbers in there. I think he provides a high floor for, for UNC. He's not the superstar they wanted. I don't think honestly guys i haven't looked at one thing of max johnson uh tape or anything like i'm not locked up i've, I've kind of moved on to basketball he's Brad Johnson's so, kid. Yeah, well he's, he's funny I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's probably a good player i think he's right you have it right with high floor ross actually kind of yeah, said the quiet part out loud a lot of people have just moved on to what is a, a promising looking target basketball team as we talked about at the jump in their loss to uconn you know there's a lot to take away both good and bad from that game last night but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to float this to the two of you, and you tell me how it sounds. This is from a, a media colleague of ours who positioned Max Johnson and how North Carolina is going to position it publicly. Essentially, there were a lot of turnovers this past year. Mm. And it, it, you, you live with that with Drake. I mean, I, I remember arguing this all the time. Like, why aren't they running the ball? Why aren't they running the ball? I'm like, I don't know, because you got a Ferrari, and Drake May can change the game with one single throw, which he did on occasion. Um, I don't think their issues were necessarily all on the turnovers. Defensively, that was their bigger problems. But you can see the sell now. Cut back on turnovers. He can operate the game, and they're going to go through Amari and Hampton, who is going to be coming back. It's not necessarily the quarterback who's going to be the guy who can make the offense go the way that Chip Lindsey wants the offense to necessarily go, which would be run the damn ball, which I know a lot of Tar Heel fans were screaming this year, Ross. Yeah, and I think, you know, they got Amari Hampton. Tez Walker may come back. I'm not sure if – I think he probably would leave. Um, they do have some, some studs at wide receiver. Um, and I think they need an extra year for Connor Harrell to to get comfortable. He's a redshirt freshman. So that if that's the guy, give him another year in the system, um, take a breath. Like like, I, like I've said, they're not going to find another Drake May. So no. this was a good option. It was a safe option. It was an option that was available. They got it done quick. So yeah, now you kind of you get your quarter. I think there's the first quarterback to commit in the transfer portal. So they got him. Um, now you can look elsewhere. I mean, they're gonna have to reload a lot of different positions too. But you get your quarterback, which is the most important position. You can go on from there. You can you know now sell that they have someone in there to offensive linemen, to 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 wide receivers, other people in the portal as well. I mean, this is a whole different world of. I mean, you're recruiting your signing class, but you're really loading up in the transfer portal as well. And that's it's almost as I think it's more important now to bring in a good transfer class, especially if you get a guy for two years, you know, a two or, you know, two or three year player that can be an impact player when they arrive. I mean, that's way more important because I'm looking at who's entered the portal from UNC and it's like all these studs from a signing class two years ago, uh, Andre green, um, uh, George Petaway. I mean, these guys were four and five star guys, huge recruits and they're gone now. So how much, how much, how important is the, signing class now when you can just reload with kind of proven commodities mm -hmm. or at least low floor, potentially high ceiling guys in the portal that are looking for more playing time or looking to, to portal up as my friend, Robert Hogwood app state fan says portal up from a, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a group of five school, um, 
that that wants more of a challenge or a high profile team with you in UNC. So the, the portal, I think we're now getting into the fact that it's reality and it's a huge part of the game. I think it's been three or four seasons now and everyone's uh, has to adapt to it. Um, even our boy Dabo down in, in Clemson, everybody's got to, to get on board with mm-hmm. this because it's the, the new era of college football. So we'll see, man. I, I, like I said, I've moved on, man. I, after the state loss, lost state, I was all basketball. They're limping <laughs> in this bowl game, the, the Mayo Bowl. Like the Drake, I was Mayo. in it. And, is, is Drake? Yeah. Is, you think should should Drake play? <laughs> should, go out, go it, out on no. my note. If I was at a, if I was an advisor, I would tell him not to play. Yeah. But look, I don't think he's missed a game. So no. you say that you knock on wood. So I don't know. He's he's thrown his body everywhere. He's been sacked every which way. He hasn't gotten mm-hmm. hurt yet. You know, going out with a win in Charlotte in front of his friends and family. I don't know. Suck a little hoops because I thought the way that Carolina played against Tennessee at home was like a real announcement, a real statement by them. Like this isn't last year. This isn't even two years ago when they got pushed around by Tennessee. Like we're for real. And even the comeback against Florida state, I thought, Another great sign. It's mm-hmm. probably a game they they lose last year. Quite frankly, that's their that's the unofficial motto for Tar Heel Hoops twenty three twenty four. This is a game they would have lost last year, yeah. or this is a game they would have been run out of the building. I'm telling you, that's the unofficial. No, I mean, motto. being down fourteen points in the second half, comeback winning is nice. And, yeah. and the Tennessee game was, a, I thought, a great statement. I'm not necessarily concerned about last night because I I understand who UConn is, but Ross, being the student of Tar Heel history, he's going to appreciate this because he covered Roy Williams and. Everything Roy did was Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. Carolina got last five minute, first five minute in last night. I was like, whoa, 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 careful. What is going on here, Hubert? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First five minutes of that second half, I thought Ross was the was the difference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think Utah, UConn's a great team. Yeah. A national championship team last year. Like, I think they were more better well coached, better players, better shooters, played tougher, had the crowd behind them. I think people will point to to this game, you know, is kind of where UNC needs to get this season. I, I don't – I mean, looking at that team, it was kind of – they were on a little different level. So you, you kind of take that. I don't think UNC is there yet. Um, yeah, I mean, coming off uh, Tennessee, Florida State, I think it just flexed what this team can be offensively. I think the emergence of Cadeau was huge. He's kind of locked in now. It's like it's the Cadeau show. It needs to run through him. Uh, and Ingram and Baycott. And I thought they got away from that a little bit uh, against UConn. Um, I mean, <laughs> where do you want to go with this? Yeah, they 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 couldn't sustain that five-point lead, the five-point deficit they had. They they didn't make shots when they needed to. It's kind of it's the same old story. Like, when they needed to make shots, they didn't. Um, yeah. And then defensively, I just think that UConn kind of got what they wanted, um, and they're out-rebounded throughout the game. Hubert made a huge point of that. I just watched the Hubert press conference, the first press conference. I've watched uh, since I, since I left the beat and um, you know, you miss, I, I, I think old school UNC fans miss that two big man thing. Like it's just Baycon in there and they miss mm-hmm. that. You miss that double rebounding force. Those two, you know, the, the John Henson, Tyler Zell lineup. Like you miss that when you go small and, and sometimes that you're going to get exposed there. Of course, the, the flip side is you can add a shooter. You can add someone in transition, um, there's lots of ways to go with this UNC team. I, I think fans love what they have. Um, they, like I said on Twitter, got a little bit of exposed last night, uh, defensively rebounding. Um, maybe some rotational things that I think are a little questionable. Like the, I don't think the bench is as deep 
and as talented as maybe we thought. I think it's kind of a, a six, seven man rotation um, with, with players that can really impact the game. So, wherever you want to go, let's get were into you, it. Were you, were you, were you listening to the front end of this podcast before you came on? Like, <laughs> I wasn't parroting some of parroting some of my notes here, man, about uh, about last night's game. All right, so let's flip it around. You've got some questions for us. I think we can also make this part of our little Tar Heel talk. So what do you what do you got, Ross? Yeah, so I think I think for the y'all's podcast, <clears throat> honeymoon's over, right? The honeymoon's over. So where? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's been over. Like yeah, yeah. So the honeymoon, the, the coffee, the honeymoon, the honeymoon ended. I can tell <laughs> you when the honeymoon about. ended. The honeymoon ended once football season arrived. That's when it was all right. You gotta yeah. you gotta be on top of your stuff and and get with it. So I know y'all like to be pretty public and open with the numbers and stuff. Have you seen since since it started and everybody's pretty hyped and you had time in August? Like <clears throat> I crushed podcasts <clears throat> in August. Sorry. A lot yeah. of fancy podcasts. But you know, you have more time. You're not watching as many games. You, you're you're outside and stuff going for walks. And you're building up to the season. Then once the season drags on, obviously there's gonna be change in, in listenership and watchership. Have you seen a, a growth through football now that we're in basketball season? Like where have you seen the numbers go through the season of football? Now that I don't know, are more fans locked in now that it's college basketball season and hockey's ramping up? Like, how do you see that in terms of the trends of of what Triangle and North Carolina listeners and watchers are seeing? Have you noticed any well, trends? Well, you, you 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 have to remember that um, you know when you're talking about radio, there's a particular season that comes with radio. Podcasts are are different. I, I will say that um, in terms of growth. Things ramped up heading into football season and then starting in August, we've essentially hovered around the same. Actually, I can bring up the numbers right now that I'm thinking about it. So sit tight here, Ross, as I log into our podcast platform. I think and, we, and I would. Yeah, so essentially, we had an unusual start, right? So yes. we started in what would normally be a dead time, but yeah. our audience was motivated to come with us. And when they did, you know, that would normally be. A, a, a down period, right? Yes. In, in the radio cycle. Well, I'll so tell, that there's I'll, your difference between. I'll tell you this: radio so and podcast. In May, which was our first first month of podcasting, in the Carolina hurt. First, it was the curiosity of, oh, what the hell happened? What's going on? And yeah. then, of course, you had the Canes in the playoffs, which kind of mm -hmm. sustained us in that first yeah. month. Uh, there was a there was a listening drop off by about ten thousand downloads. Uh, from May until June, which tracks because it's summer. There's not a lot of stuff yeah. going on. People are running around doing different things or taking their vacations, whatever it is. But starting in July, the numbers started to tick back up. And then the biggest jump from August to September. So, you know, August was bigger than May. September was bigger than August. Uh, and remembering my months now, October is bigger than September. And November and October were about the same. However, I would point out that there is a week in there in Thanksgiving yeah. that kind of eliminates a good chunk of listening time. And we only did one episode and, that week. And also, you got to remember, like if you're thinking of it in radio or TV, yeah. they punt in November and December. They really do. They don't care. Yeah, I can tell you. I can, no, I can no. actually, I, we, I can talk about Not that it we now. don't care. No, but. no, we care. We care. <laughs> we care. I, mean, I can tell you right now that in, in the radio world, they care about ratings books, right? And once we get into mid-December, they go into that 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 holiday. It's called a holiday book. At least in our side of the business, nobody cares about that. They don't use. They basically throw those numbers yeah, out. You don't use it to sell anything. You don't use it to sell a yeah. damn thing. So anyway, the point being that our audience has come over. There's been growth, 
And right now there seems to be a bit of a sustaining because again, you also have to remember too, what kind of audience are we going for? We're a local sports podcast. We're not trying to get McAfee numbers. We're not trying to get Dan Lebitard numbers. We're not trying to serve everybody. We're trying to serve a local audience. So we're going to talk about local things. And there's only so many people that are going to want to listen to a couple of dudes talking about their teams. Because you got to remember too, there's enough fractioning. You know this from inside Carolina. Carolina people gravitate towards Carolina people, just like state people gravitate towards state people. Uh, so, and the other thing too, that we have to remember as well is uh, with YouTube, that's probably where we've seen our biggest growth, honestly, because yeah, if yeah. you get the thumbnails right, you get the SEO right and whatnot. I mean, our video on, uh, on Boo Court, our video on what happened with the college football playoff and the ACC in Florida State is tracking to be our biggest video around because of the right circumstances, the right SEO, the right thumbnail, all that kind of stuff. So I would say YouTube is probably the biggest growth opportunity. Um, I mean, I'm surprised the money, make, I'm su- the money you make off YouTube will help pay for t-shirts. I mean, that's really what it is. I'm surprised the Thanksgiving week went down. That was when I premiered on the OG. I didn't know. I thought you'd get a little, I mean, there a could little be a direct there. correlation. Oh, do we have <laughs> yeah, but two episodes? It's all week. about the number. I'm, I was, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. So, I guess a broader question is with college basketball, you know, how important it is that UNC, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest? Like, do you expect to see a, an uptick with college basketball? Because I don't, dude, I, I feel like I'm more locked into college football yeah. in the calendar year. Like, I'm I'm just getting into basketball. I don't watch much, you know, I watch a little Duke, a little State. Outside of that, I don't watch much college football, college basketball. But I'm Here. locked into college football, like all these teams. So I'm wondering if, if locally in the triangle, you, you'll see an uptick. Or you think Here's my bet on this. Here's my bet on that in observing the national college basketball landscape. There are so many podcasts and YouTube shows and other things related to college football. And yet the college basketball scene, because there's a lot of competition in that space, just an insane amount of competition in that space. But with college basketball, there isn't. I mean, essentially, they have seeded college basketball to two big players, I would say. You have. CBS with our friends, Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish, who do a wonderful job. Shout out to Nada who produces that podcast, Iron College Basketball. And then you have the Field of 68 Network, which is uh, an amalgamation of industry vets like Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster, who then get, you know, their coaching friends like a Chris Mack or Tyler Hansborough, who does stuff occasionally with Field of 68. Terrence Oglesby, former Clemson guy, does a great job on that podcast as well. There is a, I feel like the college basketball scene is underserved. And I know this, I know this based on numbers and engagement we get on stuff. And for instance, Tar Heel basketball, Tar Heel basketball will do numbers because it's a national brand. Yeah. Duke basketball will do numbers because it's a national brand. I think you and I end up getting a unique perspective on Duke basketball and Steve Wiseman too, because as much as it's a national brand, you do need to go to the local sources of what's going on here on a daily basis rather than the national view that you might get from a Seth Davis or something like that. So I think college basketball is actually a growth opportunity because it is an underserved market right now in the space. I feel like the pandemic did more to damage college basketball than any other sport. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's still a niche sport. I think college basketball it is, is but niche. you can make money. But the thing <laughs> is we, we are now a niche product, Ross. So yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, it, if it's a niche sport, you can then dive into that niche and capitalize on it. I think that's, I think that's yeah. the important distinction. There is no, everything is niche now. 
But to your to your yeah. point, Ross, like make me care, right? Mm-hmm. Like college basketball, the number of the turnover on all of these rosters and trying to keep up with these guys. Like if you actually did care about college basketball and you saw Joe Girard playing for Clemson, you're probably like, huh? like what are we talking about? Here? And then all of the coaches yeah. that have left just here alone. Yeah. You know, it makes it more difficult. And I've always told people in the triangle, we free base college basketball. Everyone else <laughs> just kind of smokes it <laughs> casually when they get drunk. Yeah. We free base it. And now I'm not even sure the number of people who actually free base it. I think because care, I think they it's care about harder to care. They, th- they care about their team. Yeah. Maybe, but you know, all of these yeah. decisions like we've talked about forever, who would you rather see Carolina play on a Tuesday night? I want to go see him play Virginia. I want to see him play yeah. Clemson. I want to see him play hey, Georgia you Tech. Sh- you shout I don't out. want to see him say play, play Pitt and Louisville and all these other crappy teams. You shouted out Clint yeah. for the schedule. I oh, mean, Clint did an amazing job with this UConn Carolina last schedule. Night, next time we see them play, they're playing Kentucky. Clint so, um, yeah. Yeah. He handles the you see him, You see him last night? I did not. I, 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 didn't, I didn't catch oh. him last night. I saw, I saw Roy Williams eating yeah, hot food, which I called out. Dude, Clint was on Clint was courtside, feet on the wood, right next to UNC's bench, middle court, MSG, oh, okay. gray, gray slacks, Q zip, uh, <laughs> owning the place. Boots next to him. Yeah, Clint. And I'll, I'll say this, close out this, whatever. But yeah. so your your yeah, last yeah, I was just saying, we, there. We're running out of time. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. It's a little long here. Um Shout out my buddy Wayne House is an inside Carolina guy. You know, watch goes inside Carolina for all his podcasts, but he watches y'all's show because you're a local flavor for for UNC Duke, uh, you know, area stuff that you can't find anywhere else. So, like, if you want your teams, your team site, you want to be locked in UNC or Duke or State, but then you also want perspective that's not yeah. national, that's more like regional. You know, this it, it's kind of a good way to get a taste. I mean, it's like local radio. It's listening to local radio in the town. You get a taste for kind of what's going on in every little corner of the triangle in North Carolina from a little bit of a broader perspective than the team sites. Because if you're just UNC, you're you're listening to Inside Carolina Podcasts. So they're breaking down transfer yeah. portal. They're breaking down the X and O's. Yeah. But right. I think you all provide kind of a little bit of a step up, a little bit of a, far, a step back, um, but still kind of nuanced insight. Oh, but just not – I'll say this about college. This is the other reason why I think it's a growth opportunity for college basketball. College basketball fans, especially in the triangle, can sniff out somebody who does not know what they're talking about pretty quickly. You you can get by on stupid conversations in college football because college football thrives on stupid conversations, right? Um, and with college basketball, if you kind of like try to throw that kind of stuff out there, you'll get called out really, really quick. And this is something that I've always had imposter syndrome for as long as I've lived here because I didn't grow up around college basketball. So I absolutely cede some of the historic stuff to other people who have been doing it for a long time. I'm not going to say squat, but you know, if you're going to do this, you got to immerse yourself. And it's honestly why during the season, I love going to college basketball more than I love football. I stopped going to college football games because I get way more going to a college basketball game. Even if I am sitting up on the fifth floor of PNC arena, Joe, Anyway, Ross, we appreciate it, man. We'll do we'll do this again. We'll have another little we'll come up with some production too. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll I'm, I'm gonna see if I can talk to a friend see if we can come up with some sort of Tar Heel talk intro. Okay, I can talk about right, other stuff too. Don't <laughs> put me in a box. Don't put me in a box. <laughs> That's All what right. we do. Appreciate it, guys. All right, later, man. All right, let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. What do we got on picks and pizza this week? Um, I, I rallied. 
with my NFL picks this Ooh, week. Okay, so we will we will be talking about that for sure. Now, I I could easily delve into the YouTube comments today over our conversations about Boo Corrigan, Jim Phillips, the ACC, the college football playoff. The comment section has been popping. We appreciate that. That's good. There's way too many things thing. to get into. Uh, I feel like what we've said over the last two shows speaks for itself. Uh, and I don't need to be rehashing some of that stuff that we're seeing in the comment section. Uh, but for some of the people who have been new to the podcast, thanks to these videos on YouTube, salute to you. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be giving you some more content down the line that you will appreciate. We've gained a lot of new followers, a lot of new listeners based on some of these conversations. Because like, and, I, and I'll say this, I don't do enough of this. Like our conversations today with Matt Brown of Extra Points, our conversation yesterday with Luke DeCock, these are things that, you can't do on certain formats. You can do it on this format. And mm -hmm. I think they're great conversations to be had. We can disagree about stuff, get spirit about stuff, but ultimately understand we're talking about sports and we'll walk away agreeing and disagree and whatnot. But I do like that we can have those kind of conversations that we can't, we can't, we couldn't have had before. And that's paying off with the way that people have responded to a lot of these videos. I, I have a Hey Joe question. Mm -hmm. Have you bought the Moto Compacto yet? From Honda. No, I'm not buying that one. I will, I, you know, I went over to um, Costco again. I got yeah. Another, got another look at it. Did you buy the gel blaster? I did not. The, the wheels were small. Yeah, and then it was funny. Like yesterday, I'm walking by and Why I see the gel blaster. I feel uh, like, I feel like I've seen that category on the internet. <laughs> and then I'm, I see the, uh, the row of electric bikes right in front of the YMCA yeah. there yeah. on Fayetteville Street. I was like, oh, I could probably just do that. My question, my actual question is, does baseball not understand? You said Aaron Rodgers needs to be the commissioner of the ACC. I disagree now. I think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers needs to be the commissioner of baseball. Major League Baseball. That's fair. Do, so Shohei Otani of the Angels, this absolute once-in-a-generation talent who's buried on the Angels, a team that nobody cares about, with a superstar that nobody can pick out of a lineup, and um, Aaron Judge, I almost called him Mike Judge, the creator of... <laughs> <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> nobody knows who these guys are. This should be a huge free agent frenzy, kind of like we saw with the NFL with with Reggie White. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or LeBron James years ago, Kevin Durant. Any number of those things, right? Yeah. They yeah. want to. They want to do this in secrecy. Yeah, it it's weird. The whole thing's weird. It doesn't make any sense to me, man. He I mean, had, maybe Trout and Shohei were, were perfect for each other if they don't want any attention maybe, at all. Maybe they don't. So that reminds that, me of Ryan Finley being like, do I have to talk again? <laughs> yeah, Ryan, if you're the backup punter, nobody would ever want to talk to you, sir. So that means he stays with the Angels, right? If he wants to stay in anonymity, you stay with the Angels. You're not going to go to New York. No. You're not going to go not, to the Dodgers. not even in play. Yeah, that's right. The New York's not even yeah. in play. You're, you're not going to go to the Dodgers, are you? I I wouldn't surprise me. Whatever whatever he does will not now, surprise now me. Now apparently, I would love to see the Giants thing makes a lot of sense. Apparently, he did have the Braves on his list. Okay, I could see that. Braves fans would. You talk about the I gel. Mean, you talk about the gel blaster. He is the best player in baseball, so like anybody should want him. Oh yeah, like As, well, I was gonna say I saw some comments from the Dodgers uh, general manager, and they're like, "Well, yeah, of course you want Shohei Tani. Well, who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna pitch this year, but." Still, still. You, you still take him. You, <laughs> yeah, you still take him. You still take him. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.